We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Welcome to episode number 81, Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I've written about games for a long, long time at a lot of places, including IGN and then most recently Pixelkin. I am joined by Stephen Dutzman, who is the editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming and the father of three. Hi, Stephen. Hail and well met. Awesome. And then also <laughs> we are joined by Regina McMenery, who is from the Geek Embassy and is author of the forthcoming book, Mothering the Game. Hi, Regina. Hey. Hi. Or as li- I like to call her the good doctor. The good doctor. The good doctor, yes. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. Because so... it's a compliment to her and a slam on Doctor Who. It works out. <laughs> <laughs> So, right before we started recording, Stephen's child was shrieking. Why was your child shrieking? Oh, I had, not child, children. I had two children shrieking. Um, So, let me run it down. I have three children, one ten, one eight, one four. The ten-year-old, he wasn't shrieking. Okay. Mostly because I just bought him Street Fighter V. So, Uh, he's going to shut up for a while, and he knows better. Um. (laughs) So that's good. The the eight-year-old and the four-year-old, they were instructed that they were not allowed to play any more video games, use tablets, etc., until the living room was cleaned up. And uh. they decided that they were going to yell at each other about what jobs they wanted the other one to do. Now, the four-year-old wanted the other ones to do everything. <laughs> uh, because she this is the princess and queen of all things <laughs> she wanted them to do everything yeah. and the 8 year old wanted her to do probably a little bit more than a 4 year old was capable of doing so they just shrieked uh. at each other but in a friendly and polite way I guess and I was like and I stood and I came upstairs <laughs> and I said are we for real doing this you know that I'm down here getting ready to record is this actually now when we're going to have this shriek fest and they said yes right. and I said no that is, in fact, not what is going to happen. Um, you guys are going to just just clean. It's fine. And then I looked at the 10-year-old, and I said, bro, Street Fighter Five. if you want it, sometimes the big brother gets hosed. You might have to clean up after your baby brother and sister. That's just how it works. And he looks at me and just kind of like <laughs> looks down at the ground defeated, and he knows that I'm right as an older brother. Um, you know, so And he just starts cleaning. Um, the problem apparently that we're having is that the lunchbox that we bought for, uh, our youngest is too small to fit all of her Shopkins. Um, oh, and, wow. Uh, that's a serious uh, yeah, problem right that, there. That's a lot of Shopkins, Stephen. Yes. That's yeah. a lot. Those things are yes. tiny. Well, here's the problem. Here's the problem. <laughs> she saves a lot of like the little, like the little like buckets or whatever they come with. She oh, saves okay. a lot of those. So okay. a good third to a to a good third of that box is filled with the little containers that are really intended to be garbage. Ah, uh, right? okay. Um. So no, she. I will not deny she has a lot, but <laughs> part of that's because she just got through Christmas, and okay, you know, five dollars okay. gets you like eight of those if you know where you're going. You know, and right. then there's places yeah. that are like the discount stores are starting to get them. Uh, right. Yeah. So, like, it's not hard to get a huge pile of them, 
not very expensively, and she doesn't really care what she gets. That's one of the things with younger kids is they she just wants the little thing. She doesn't really care about, like, the one specific one or whatever. So uh. it's like buying Pokemon cards for a five-year-old. Like, they don't really care as long as there's Pokemon on them. Whereas you right. buy Pokemon cards for a 12-year-old, and they're like, well, this doesn't really fit in my deck, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Thanks for trying, but no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's her problem. And seriously, uh, stri- I can't calm her down with Street Fighter Five. It works with the oldest, not with her. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> um. So let's see. So I watched. I saw Rogue One again this morning, which is very cool. We did the 3D IMAX thing when it opened, and today we did the un-3D Dolby Cinema experience. And it was amazing. If you don't know what Dolby <laughs> Cinema is, you know, go Google it. But it's basically, it's surround sound, like, jacked up to 10. Like, there are multiple <laughs> speakers. And it's like, it's like true, true surround sound. Like, not just on the sides and the back, but, like, every little thing, like, completely around you. And the uh, the audio, or not the audio, the visuals are amazing, too. It's, like, crazy, crazy high def. And... The chairs in these theaters are like leather recliners, which is also awesome. So if your local movie theater has one of those, I suggest that you check it out. But not all movie theaters have them. So, but anyhow, it was awesome. Have you seen Rogue One yet, Stephen? I have not. Um, not for lack Not for lack of wanting have, to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Regina, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I thought I'd like it more. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not 100% sure if there was just too much hype from my very Star Wars driven mm. friends yeah. about how great it was. So I went in with my bar like astronomically high and there was just no way for them to meet it or if... And when I'm, you know, because I saw it uh, a week ago, um, and it was funny because I went with my best friend, and I was going to go. My husband and I had plans to go to a movie on um, the day after Christmas, and so I was going to go because he was like, "Oh, you're going to Rogue One without me," <laughs> which he's not really a Star Wars fan, so I, I wasn't really like, you know, it was mostly yeah. a joke. But I'm like, you can go see it again. You know, I'll always see a Star Wars movie twice. Um, and then I got home from it, and I was like, "If you want to see it, we can go." Yeah. <laughs> and he's like. Because I'm a big, like, the original trilogy, huge, huge fan of that. And I went into Force Awakens with really curbed expectations, wanting to kind of let it be what it was, and was really pleased with it. And I think I did have kind of the opposite of that happen with this. But I also feel like there was a little... A little jump in the storytelling. Like, I I felt like we needed more character development on Jin. And I won't say, you know, a whole lot because I know it's still new and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but I feel like we really went from her very young to her grown up without a lot in between. Mm. And it was hard for me to connect with her because I didn't have that. Like you see Luke kind of go through the journey. Right, right. And um, you see Ray going through the journey like she doesn't even get all the way through like the hero's journey. So um, you see them and I, you know, I felt more attachment to their, to their journey than I did for Jin. And because the stakes were so high for that, I really felt like I needed to like 
ground onto her and I didn't really get the chance to. So yeah, that's my... yeah. No, I can, t- I can totally see that. I just wonder if like, yeah, maybe there was some of that in there that they just couldn't get into the final film. That's kind of what I wondered. Because yeah. There was a, there was a lot, you know... there was a lot in there. So yeah. Um... yeah. Yeah, and I wondered about that, too, if it was because it did seem like it went so abruptly from, you know, her very young to her as an adult. Like, was there more that had been, you know, created that just didn't get included? Yeah. And it might and it might be. I don't know, obviously. But um, but that would be my biggest critique. Do either of you think because this is not the first time I have heard that concept, the idea that there's a lot that feels like it hit the cutting room floor. Now, as someone who has not seen this. Do you, because I haven't, I, I will, but um, do either of you think that it is possible, and this is, could be me being cynical, that perhaps they cut a bunch of stuff just so they would have stuff to include later in various special editions for the rest of our freaking lives? Mm, I would hope not, but I suppose it's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know, it felt like it could have been two movies, like... I feel like we could have had an establishing origin story for her and the crew. Yeah. So we could have had more of time to attach to them and then had the, you know, let's go get them be the second part, maybe. I don't know. I'm just kind of like thinking about that because I felt this that way about Jin. I connected better to some of the people in her crew than I did mm-hmm. her. So that was part of it, too. So... I don't know, a couple of different things going on. But, you know, I didn't. We, I ended up not going with my husband. We went and saw Fantastic Beasts instead. Mm-hmm. And um, I highly recommend Fantastic Beasts. I really enjoyed it. And I had only seen, like, think maybe one of the teaser trailers, so I knew very little about it going in and really enjoyed it as an experience. That's cool. So. That's cool. Yeah. My friend keeps telling me that I need to go see that. I'm actually not that interested. I'm kind of over Harry Potter. So Harry <laughs> Potter fans just, you know, jump on me. So I, you- so you're saying you hate Harry Potter? Is that right. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. He just threw you under the fan bus. I know, I know. No, I mean, he has to come up with something that I hate, like, every single... Pretty much every week. It's part. You, it's a bit at this point. We need it sound It is effects. part of the thing. And it was funny because there was something I was thinking about that I actually did hate, like, for real, that I was going to bring up, but now I can't remember what it was. I'll it's probably Harry remember Potter. as soon as... And Harry Nintendo. <laughs> Well, Fantastic Beasts is interesting because it's in the U.S., so it's different, mm-hmm. and it's a period piece. So, um, like, the aesthetic was different, mm-hmm. and you don't have the expectation of a story you already know, mm-hmm. like you did with the books, because yeah. I didn't, I hadn't read, I didn't read the screenplays out as a book, I hadn't read it, I hadn't gone anywhere near it, because I didn't want it to kind of have that fresh feel to it, mm-hmm. and it does feel very different for that, so... Um, and that in terms of like storytelling and character development, they did really good, like taking the time to establish who the characters were with, you know, it doesn't take a lot. This is what I'm always surprised with. Like, it doesn't take a lot to go through that character development to make a character stand out and to make you feel like you know them. Um, but you know, just one or two scenes sometimes are enough to do it. Um, if it's, you know, crafted well enough. Yeah. Yep. I can. Have you seen that one, Steven? Either? No. No. <laughs> no. Um, so it's hard as yeah, parents yeah. to go to the movies. It's, it's tough. Um, I think the last movie I thought in the I saw in the actual theaters, dude, it was like springtime. 
I think it may have been Civil War. Was that the spring? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it was this year. It was whatever the Marvel it was whatever the Marvel movie was earlier on this year. So Yeah. And it and a lot of that just comes down to there's just so much stuff going on. (laughs) Yeah. And it is hard. (laughs) Um it's hard. I mean, we you you know, you got kids. It's tough. Um also I was given movie theater gift cards by my sister and she gave me uh, a voucher for babysitting time, which is awesome. But then she gave the same thing to my sister-in-law and then she kind of (laughs) laid down the edict that she would prefer that we do it at the same time, which meant that we had to coordinate and thus I haven't done it yet. And that was in the beginning of November because I just, I feel like, I don't know, like that's hard. I have to coordinate with my brother and his wife. Um, so I just was like, nah, I'm good. Right? Like, I, I, maybe it's maybe I just have issues. Yeah, ahead, no. Nicole. No, that's Yeah. No, I think we're going to take um, Anna to go see uh, Moana tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Yeah. So. I'm super jealous. Yeah, should be cool. Um, I don't want to talk about movies um, too much since this is a gaming podcast. Gaming yeah. with the moms. It's movies yeah. with the moms. It's movies <laughs> with the moms and dad. Right. Yeah. But it's really movies with the moms because I haven't seen any of the movies. So it's totally <laughs> movies with the moms is an acceptable sub uh, sub podcast. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so we're going to go through some news uh, real quickly and then we're going to talk about what our favorite games of the year were. So I actually just saw this news, and I didn't send it to anybody, but um, Diablo is turning 20, so Blizzard loves to celebrate things, and they are, of course, celebrating the 20-year anniversary of Diablo with a few things, most notable of which is going to be in every other game of theirs. So Hearthstone's going to have a tavern brawl uh, with a grim deck, whatever that means. I assume it means all death rattle cards. Um, Overwatch is going to be going to have in-game sprays representing your favorite Diablo 3 classes and a new player icon modeled after the Lord of Terror. In World of Warcraft, great. Does it doesn't say what's really happening, just something's happening in, in World of Warcraft. So. Um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Diablo Diablo you're going to be able to Deckard Kane is going to be chilling somewhere. Yeah. Like, right. Deckard Kane and Azrael are going to be, like, walking around somewhere in Azeroth, and they're going to have Diablo-themed quests. And I bet you somewhere you're going to fight Diablo, because why not? They have the models. <laughs> right, yes. Um, Sounds great yeah. to me. I'm down. Yeah, so that's happening. Um, I'm going to give a really, really warm, fuzzy story that I didn't know happened. My husband actually alerted me to this. So there is um, there's this dad, his his daughter is really, really, really into Final Fantasy. She loved Final Fantasy 15. More specifically, she loved the character Prompto. And so this guy sent a note to the voice actor for Prompto and was asking him how much he would charge to just record a little message um, for his daughter. And the guy just recorded it and said, here it is. Merry Christmas. Hope she enjoys it. And it's so sweet. It's so, so sweet. Like, who does that anymore? But that was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> it's like a nice, you know, holiday-ish, warm, fuzzy story. So that was kind of cool. 
if, and if you want to hear it, just Google Prompto Christmas message. Yeah. It will come up somewhere. Um, yeah. It's really funny. It's in prompt. I mean, it's well voiced. It's well voiced. And yeah. it even has him um, singing a medley. I believe the first ever medley of uh, the Final Fantasy Victory Fanfare and Jingle Bells. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. As performed a cappella by Prompto in Final Fantasy yes. 15. Yes. Yeah, so, so that was – it's definitely pretty cool. I mean, you don't get people to just do that for free very often. Um, well, especially when he was like, how much would you – you know, how much can I pay right, you to do yeah. this? And he was – instead of saying, hey, well, yeah, this is what I charge my rate or yeah. whatever, he's just like – and just, you know, sent it back and said, here is a gift for your yeah. daughter. So I, I think that We it definitely is, need more stories like this. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it is possible that he could not charge – um oh really because I, I think that, that could be like out of contract like with his contract i don't think that i mean i'm pretty sure if he if he's voice is charged like charging people to do the voice of prompto might be you know not cool with that said <laughs> right. i still think it's awesome that he did it i mean i'm yeah. just saying i, I yeah. just don't i think square might have been like bro you can't do that um you know like the guy who does who did the voice for olaf like he can't just go record like somebody's random ebook as Olaf and yeah. charge for that without running it by Disney. I'm sure Square Enix would have similar contracts, but yeah, whoever owns the character, whether he was legally allowed to charge or not, it's still real awesome that he didn't just ignore the dude and actually did it. Right. Did it with mm-hmm. some care and quality recording, whether he has it at home or not. So that was pretty impressive. I really liked it. It yeah. did. Um, yeah. It warmed my cold heart. <laughs> Yeah, nice. To make you feel Grinch, like the Grinch, like your heart was growing. My heart grew two <laughs> sizes that day. Three sizes. <laughs> no, just, no, just two. No, just, Grinch got just three. Just two. <laughs> right. Uh, nice. Um, so, uh, not confirmed, but reportedly Windows 10 is going to be getting um, a new mode that's going to help your game performance. So, kind of a, a boost for... Let's see. This is a story on GameSpot that says it's going to adjust resource allocation logic for CPU and graphics uh, for when you're playing games, which that's pretty cool for all of us people who actually play on Windows, which doesn't mm-hmm. include Steven. Why Does it include that? you? It includes oh, me. Oh, okay, good. Because oh, yeah. I was, I was, I'm like, I'm going to throw that sort of Mac joke out there and be like, oh, crap. <laughs> Regina plays on Mac <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm a PC. Okay, okay good. Um, why you gotta? Why you gotta hate? Like really? Why, why? Like of all the things to hate on, just because I happen to use a Mac, like whatever. <laughs> You're missing what out else? on so many games, Stephen, just by using yeah, a um, Mac. That's true. Honestly, not honestly, not really, because everything that I want to play, I could either play on my wife's laptop, which has Windows. Oh. If it's like like a crappy little game, mm. and I mean by crappy little game, I mean generally some of the better games, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Or I could play it on my PlayStation Four, or my Xbox One, or my Wii U, or my 3DS. So like, I don't really miss out on games. I'm pretty all right. I missed okay. out on Civ Six for two days. Crap. <laughs> crap. 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 Okay. Crap. Although Fine. I still haven't played. Yeah. It no, I did. So, yeah. So, way to fire a shot at me um, and miss Right. Her. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't realize your wife had a Windows laptop. That changes everything. 
Um, so, so let's see what else is going on. Um, uh, sheep. Sheep are coming to Ark Survival Evolved. They apparently decided to take a break from the dinosaurs. Um, originally, they said that the sheep would be coming only if they won a certain Steam Award. And go figure, the internet went crazy and told them that that's stupid and they shouldn't do that. And that's a nice way of saying what the internet actually did to them. So they removed that uh, that uh, disclaimer there and said, no, we're going to, the, the sheep will be coming. We'll do yeah, it anyway. The sheep will be coming. Yeah. So. Yeah. To be so, fair, it was pretty dumb. It was. It was. It yes. Was. Um, yeah. But still, I think it's funny that the sheep, sheep in that game are... I don't know. What are you going to do with them? It seems like the dinosaurs should eat them. Feed right them away. to dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. <say>. Appetizers. <laughs> yeah. Um. So another thing that is happening that I, is sort of going right over my head is um, there's this game called Frog Fractions, and the sequel to it was just found in a new game. So the original Frog Fractions was this silly little thing that was um part of some educational type game and it supposedly is educational but is not you can play it online for free the original one which i did before recording this podcast because like what is everybody like having such a big deal about this thing for and it's just it's not a big deal i'm just saying the internet is having a big deal that's the news but you can play this (laughs) thing if you want to it's just weird it's just bizarre, and some of the stuff is kind. It's written like in a funny way, like I could chuckle at it, like haha. But I don't know. I don't get it. But anyhow, the internet is well, freaking out. Well, it looks so. like it got really. It gets really weird, right? The longer you play it, yes. Stranger, stranger things happen. Yes, because it's a yes. game called Frog Fractions that is about neither frogs nor fra- nor fractions. Well, it right. is about a frog because you play as a frog. And it technically like, can be about fractions because when you kill the bugs, fractions spout out random, <laughs> random fractions that don't mean anything. Yeah. And then once you get a few levels in, it was like frog fractions teaches typing too. And then you have to type words as quickly as possible to kill the bugs. But um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, yeah. the sequel is less about either of those things. So. <laughs> The reason that it's a big deal is that a lot of people found the first game amusing and yeah. whatever people find things <laughs> amusing. And then, yeah. um, the, and if you ca- on the internet, if you can't have a thing, you want the thing. That's just how right. it works. And so the, well, the creator, well, cause everybody on the internet is a toddler. <laughs> I, you're not wrong. <laughs> not I know. Wrong. Um, so <laughs> the, the creator, and I forget his name, forgive me, uh, said a couple years ago, like, hey, Frog Fractions 2 will release. It's going to be a thing. You can find it. But I'm not going to release it as Frog Fractions 2. It's just going to be out there. And so people, and he was leaving cryptic hints and whatever. And eventually people found it in the Christmas update to like this obscure indie game on Steam. And so, and only if you play it for long enough, right? So, like, people have been basically playing this, like, ARG for the last, like, two years, trying to find it. And apparently this game has been out for a while with the clues pointing to it, and then the Christmas update came out, and, like, it now it's happening. So, Mm. I really, I mean, for uh, I, I think this is absolutely just a function of 
people wanted it, they couldn't have it, and so they wanted it more and got excited about it. And that excitement kind of excuses a lot of crap, you know, in yeah. and around video games. And I say this as a Final Fantasy fan. <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay, so let's see. The last newsy thing. Uh, uh, next month's PlayStation Plus games are going to include Day of the Tentacle Remastered on PS4. I assume that that's the game that makes you want to talk about this, Steven. Is it that one, no. or is it one of the other games? Oh, no. I ju- you just said you wanted news, so I sent you news. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, this, I, I think that, I, personally, I think that the... Um, that the, I just think they're useful piece of information. Just because if you have PlayStation Plus, this is actually a pretty reasonable lineup coming from uh, PlayStation Four. Um, coming in, it. so um, I it, we could talk when we just go down the list. I think the best game on there is going to be Day of the Tentacle Remastered. Um, however, I also think Titan Souls, which is cross by between PS Vita and PS Four, is a strong second. Um, largely because that's a really interesting concept. It's basically imagine Dark Souls gameplay where it's all about the bosses, only they strip out everything except the bosses, and it looks like Legend of Zelda. Um, like the okay. top-down kind of thing. Um, really cool-looking, uh, really hard. I think that's kind of neat. Um, this war this war of mine, the little ones, I will not even come close to downloading. Not even a chance in hell. Okay. Um, and it's not because it's a, it's an objectively great game, I'm sure. Do you know what this war is my, this war of mine is, Nicole? I do know. Or Regina? No. Alright, so no. let me let me depress the shit out of you. Yes, I swore <laughs> that's how depressing this is. Um so this war is mine is a war game that seeks to tell you what it is like to be a civilian in a war zone. So picture this war of mine. Is basically like Aleppo Simulator. I'm not even kidding. Oh, jeez. So wow. you play a group of survivors, and you have to go out. And this is some of the decisions that you have to make. You come across an elderly couple, and you need medicine to fix your guy who is sick so he can live. So you can take the medicine from the, old, from the, 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 the man, which is the medicine his wife needs to live, and so thus you can make enemies with this old man who there's nothing he can do, and thus you can leave his wife to die and him to just be there alone, or you can kill them, or you can do whatever. So that's that game. Okay. Anybody want to guess what The Little Ones adds to the game? Yeah, no. Anybody? It adds little kids. <laughs> Woo! Um, so, yeah, no. You know what? It is a game that needs to exist. Um, it sends a really, you know, I think it sends a strong message. Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think it qualifies, right? We talk about, like, serious games. Yeah. Um, this is a serious game packaged up as a strategy title. Um, and I think it is an important game that needs to exist. However, I made it three minutes into That Dragon Cancer. Mm. Um... And I didn't really have to make decisions in that game. It was just kind of like surfing through a story. This is, I have to, I can't. I just can't. There's little kids in a war zone. I just, I'll be a mess for like a week. And I don't need that. Just the war zone in general, I would have a hard time with. Yes. Just from the go. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So, so yeah. yeah. Like adding kids into it just as like, oh, is that a wound? Here's a shaker of salt for yes, it. Yes, exactly. 
So, I mean, it's a cool game. I mean, I, th- I mean, objectively, it is good. It looks great. I think it's an, you know, the art style is great. I've seen gameplay of it. There's no way that I could physically do it. It would destroy me. I'm too, I'm too sappy. <laughs> I think that happens to everybody who's a parent, though. I don't know any parents who don't get sappy after they've had a child. It's true. Okay. True. No, I don't think I do either. I know there's been pretty, some pretty significant changes, and not. I know I was watching um, the Goblet of Fire because mm-hmm. we were on a Harry Potter kick in my house apparently right now, and <laughs> I hadn't watched it since becoming a parent, and a child dies, and I was like, I felt that scene in a completely different way. So there's just it. It definitely is a different mindset. Yeah. yeah. When you become a parent. Yeah. Afterwards. So. Yeah. Quick aside about Goblet of Fire. So when we were in, I don't know if we were in the Bahamas or Jamaica, which one it was, where Anna actually watched broadcast TV, which we don't allow her to do otherwise. So right. Goblet of Fire was on something, and I turned it on. I'm like, oh, hey, it's Harry Potter. Maybe I can let her you know, watch this. But no, it's right at that scene, right at that scene when he dies. I'm like, okay, no, we're not going to watch this. So... Yeah, yeah, it came on, or the first one was on, and my daughter just caught, like, a passing scene of when um, Harry is like, got his hands on Voldemort's face, yeah. and it's like, and she just flipped out, and I'm like, okay, off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I've been reading the first Harry Potter to Anna a little bit. She's, she's, she's taking it, she's taking it pretty good. I was, oh, that's good. I was kind of scared about the whole parents dying aspect yeah um, but but yeah. she seems okay there's some heavy stuff yeah. in it just from the beginning yeah 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 so um uh but we also talking about movies so much we also had her watch um the first star wars or episode four i should say for the very first time uh yesterday which was cool and she liked it or she loved it um and uh lucky for us we have the bootleg uh, copy of the completely original, cool. unaltered version as it was seen in the theater when it was released online for like five minutes last year. My husband went and downloaded it. So so we have that, which is nice. Um, but yeah, she liked it, which was cool. I was She was afraid that it was going to scare her like more than we were afraid it was going to scare her, but she was fine. It was cool. We made a bunch of snacks. That was a way to kind of make it a bribe almost yeah. for her to sit there and watch it. Hey, look, we've got popcorn. We've got pre- uh, snack peanut ma- butter. Snacks make everything better. I know. Snacks make everything better. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, okay. So, so this is the last podcast of this year. I think it just makes sense for us to talk wow. about all the games this year that we've liked. And there's a there's a lot. I had to. I sat down and made a list so that I wouldn't forget any, and I probably am still going to forget oh. some. Uh, but um, so my game of the year top is Event Zero. You've heard me talk about this game on this podcast before. It is a first-person science, really story-driven game. It's only for PC. And, but the thing that's so cool about this, like the story is not completely original, the, you know, the first person science, like exploring type thing, not totally original. But the way that you get this story is by conversing with an AI at different computer ter- terminals throughout the station. And you're not given pretty much any direction on how to talk to him. So you can type in anything you want. And 
he will respond in some way that makes sense. So I think I said last time on the podcast, that before I finished the game, I'd been playing it for like two hours. I had not heard him say the same thing twice. I did come across a hmm. couple repeats by the time I had finished the game, but mostly no. It's like completely, it's just baffling how much he's, this guy is able to tell you, this guy, his computer, uh, which makes me really appreciate <laughs> the development that went into it because of this AI being able to just... That's a lot of writing. Yeah, and be able to have, like, mm -hmm. you know, really relevant conversations based on what you are saying. So, um, right. so yeah, so that's that's my top, my top game of the year. It's available on Steam. I recommend everybody go download it. So, Stephen, you should play it on your wife's laptop. Just saying. <laughs> it's not on... It's not on Mac? I don't believe so. You could check, though. It might be. It might be. I'm checking right now. <laughs> okay. All right. So, all right. Well, let's go around then. Steven, you can check for that. So, Regina, what was your favorite game of the year? Well, I've been doing a lot of um, mobile gaming, so I don't have a lot of PC uh, games that I played this year. And I can't tell really if it's more just topical because, like, I go in cycles yeah. with mobile yeah. games. <laughs> It's not really the same play like you do with a PC game or something or a console game where you kind of sit and play for a long period yeah. of time. I kind of go back and forth. Um, but the three games that I went back and forth the most to this year were Bejeweled Stars, uh, Two Dots, and um, Plants vs. Zombies Heroes. Um, and Plants vs. Zombies Heroes is definitely on my, probably my top choice. Um, I always love Plants vs. Zombies. I love the, you know, tower defense game. I played the first one. I don't know, six times all the way through yeah. um, on on my PC, on my Xbox, uh -huh. and on my tablet. Yeah. And, I, and I played it on the DS, too. So. <laughs> See? Yeah, it never gets old. It never gets old. It's the exact same game. It really but, doesn't. Yeah, yeah it's the exact same game, but it's just, you know, it's fun. It's just the way it's... I love the music. I love the, um, the personality of it. And with Heroes... Um, they just have so much personality that they've put in. You have to take the time to read the flavor text of the cards, uh -huh. but there's like one opera singer and her flavor text is something like, well, it's so hard to truly express yourself when all you can s sing is brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. My husband, we were talking about this the other day because Anna has started playing, um, Plants vs. Zombies Heroes. And he's like, you know what? Have they ever had a zombie? could be like like an infiltrator like looks like a bean but oh. is really a zombie i was like you know what that's that's actually a pretty good idea no i don't think that they that have is, ever yeah. done that i don't so, think they have but that would be interesting, it would be like and it works against you yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly um i have a plants versus zombies yeah on so my it's really list. that's that's part of it is the personality okay. all right cool um I have do you? Okay, go no, ahead. no, I have a Plants vs Zombies game on my list as well, but it's not the mobile one. It's Garden Warfare Two. I love these oh, garden. I wanted to play that. I haven't played yes. it yet, but it's yeah. amazing. You can play more um, just solo in Garden Warfare Two than you could in, mm -hmm. in the first one. So much fun, like you said. So much personality. These little skins and costumes that you can put on your plants are just hilarious. Like when I was playing as Colonel Corn, who is a corn plant, obviously, I had mm -hmm. him dress in like a P 
pinstripe suit, like he was the mob cob version of Colonel Corn. <laughs> pinstripe suit, with his, you know, hat and everything. Awesome. And I had him with butter glasses, so they were glasses that looked like two pats of melting butter. And then around <laughs> his neck, I had a bowl of cornflakes with a spoon in it. And I was just like, this is, this is the most awesome character I have ever created. <laughs> and, the, and the game Sounds is, like an episode of Monster Factory. I know it does. Yeah, uh, but it's so much fun, yeah. and I love it. Um, but yeah. that was yeah. that was just lower down on my list, and we skipped Stephen. Although, yeah, I, I I guess I I could probably just say Stevens, and just we could be over it's with Overwatch. Yes, it's it? going to be Overwatch. Oh, Overwatch. But I will let you talk, Stephen. I gave you permission to ramble, <laughs> so I will let you talk about Overwatch. So, what is there to say about Overwatch that I haven't already said? Um, the reality is, and I know this, if you were going to be sold by some jack-off on the internet talking about <laughs> Overwatch over and over and over again, you were sold probably in October after five months of hearing me ramble on about this game. But the reality is <laughs> Overwatch is amazing. It is going to continue being amazing. Um, and if you haven't bought it yet, what is wrong with you? Um, unless you really just don't like shooters, at which point I'll give you a pass. But if you have even a passing interest in shooters, this is a game that you need to be in the conversation on. You need to play it in order to really understand where other games are going. This game is put... I was listening to uh, Glixel. Uh, they had a year-end podcast. Um, and they made some points that I actually kind of agree with. Um, most notably, that it feels like Overwatch is going to be putting a lot of pressure on other shooters to kind of be more Overwatchy. Um, and so I think uh, yeah. that um, so I think that it is very possible that if you are a Call of Duty guy or a Battlefield gal, right? Like, you may want to if you're really competitive, right? Like, and you're willing to spend time to learn stuff. I think that it is worth buying Overwatch, putting a couple weeks into it, and learning because I think that we are going to see more. I think we're going to see Overwatch flexing its muscles and pushing its way into influencing other shooters moving forward. So. Um, yeah, I think it is a great game in its own right, but I think it is a industry-defining game, um, and I think it's something that a lot of people need to pay attention to. Mm. Um, it also makes a lot of money, so you know Blizzard has no problem yes. continuing to develop for it. And I mean, we listen right. to Kaplan talk about his plans for the next year: more dudes, more maps. Yeah, I mean, I can't rave about this game enough. But with you know, yeah, they gave everybody five loot boxes on Christmas Day, which is super yeah. nice. Like, oh, gee, thanks, guys. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Um, uh, do you have any other game that you want to talk about, Stephen? I've got a few more on my list I want to go down. but uh, I do. Wanna... Okay. I do. Go for it, then. Um, I have some that I want to talk about that are... Um, I want to really sh- throw a shout-out to Skylanders Imaginators. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of people are sleeping on that game. Um, because it's Skylanders, it's the sixth one, blah, 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 you know, a bunch of really reasonable reasons why you might right. be sleeping on it. However, um, yeah. I think that, but I, I think, like, like I think, uh, Skylanders Imaginators is the best, uh, Skylanders game ever made. Um, and if this is the direction that they're going to move in the future, which we know there's going to be another Skylanders next year, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's an unavoidable truth, um, that, if this is the direction that they're moving, I think this is a great, um, you know, it's a great thing. Uh, they should only get better from here. Um, mm-hmm. And 
I'm, you know, certainly it, it reinvigorated my excitement and my kids' excitement for the franchise. Superchargers didn't do it for them, and I thought it was starting to die. Um, but Imaginators really showed me that they've got something in the tank, so I'm very excited about that. Cool. Cool. Very cool. Um, some of the other games that I wanted to talk about, uh, Civ Six. it's really good. I don't think I need to say that, but, you know, it's been a while <laughs> since there's been a Civ, and I have sort of, you know, been waiting for a Civ, and it's out now, and it's really good, and I sort of like some of the changes that were made um, makes it more fun. It's still the kind of game that you can waste an entire day on and not complete a game, which is just what Civ does. Um, and other games, um, Orwell, which is a game I really recently just finished. I've talked about this a couple times. It's where you're a spy trying to figure out uh, who's, beyond, who's behind the set of bombings. And it's not like a game UI or anything at all. It's all this program that you're using to spy on people, and you sift through websites, you sift through newspapers, you go through all kinds of stuff, you listen in on people's phone calls. Eventually, you hack into their computers to find personal stuff about them. Um, it's really cool. It makes a very um, very big statement, considering what's going on right now. Um, and Also, I think if you've got a PS4, there are two games that you absolutely have to have and play, and those are Ratchet and Clank and Uncharted 4, both amazing, amazing games. So definitely, Steven has PS4 now. I know you're, you're going to get Ratchet and Clank, right? There's no way you're not. We already have that. It. Okay, yeah. We already have <laughs> That's what I thought. Oh, and you bought the bundle that comes with Uncharted 4. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, good. Santa brought it. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> right. I didn't buy it. Santa brought okay. it. Okay. Um, that's specific. Dude, you think I, I mean... Uh, EFG doesn't pay me. I don't. I can't afford a PS4. Santa takes care of that. So, <laughs> right. um, so no. I. You are right. I. I do in fact have uh, both of those games. Um, only one of them is quote unquote mine, but I have access mm. to them. Truth be told, I've had a PS4 for multiple days, and all I'm playing is Rainbow Moon, <laughs> which is a, which is a which is a really silly name for a pretty deep tactical like turn based strategy RPG recommended to me by one Colin Moriarty. So, okay. um, and I, I found it funny because whenever they talk about it on the kind of funny podcast, they call it the Rainbow Moon because it's Japanese. <laughs> and so I saw it on sale. That's not wrong at all. It's totally no, wrong. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> have you, have you met Greg Miller? In fact, terrible. you have, you know, that's I, what they do. Yeah. I, I um, know him quite well, actually. Yeah. So, so I'm not surprised. surprised. I'm just saying it's so wrong. They say it, and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> It is kind of hilarious. I mean, it's kind of how it says it in the game. It's kind of weird. But anyway, so, but it's really good. It's on sale right now uh, and will be on Friday when you uh, uh, download this. So if you have a PS4, it's like $9. Mm, and that's it's not bad. way better than it has any right to be. Yeah. Cross buy, cross save. Um, but this, that's not the games of the year. Can I talk about one more? And then I want to ask yeah. Regina about two dots. Okay. Because... Okay. Um, yeah. So, and I, I have so, one more to add to, but I'll do that. Um, well, we got to let Regina talk. We've, I've been talking over her all day, <laughs> um, but I'm going to talk over her for a little bit more. I want to bring up two games. One of, and both of them have numbers in the teens to involve them. The first is NBA 2K17, which is definitively the best sports game put out this year. I don't care what the Game Awards says. Um, 
NBA 2K17 is absolutely amazing. It's arguably the best role-playing game that I played all year, and I think it could have been put in the category alongside role-playing games if it wasn't for the fact that nobody thinks you can have a role-playing game unless you have swords in it. Mass Effect was robbed from how many role-playing game awards, even though, legit, that's a freaking role-playing game. It just so yeah. happens that they have guns and lasers and spaceships. Um, and somehow, if you don't have a sword, it's not a role-playing game. So uh, NBA 2K17 is amazing. The story is really cool. That's right. I just said the story to a basketball game is cool. <laughs> um, and um, the basketball... I mean, if you have even a passing interest in the NBA... Um, then this is, it was already probably on your radar. Um, and a lot of people are like, man, basketball games are too hard. I can't really get into them because whatever, just play it. It's accessible. Um, it's fun. Um, and you're going to want to play as this guy because it's interesting what happens to him and how he develops. Hmm. It is actually, I was really, I kept going. You made it through like multiple, it's crazy. It's really good. So that's NBA 2K17. And lastly, anybody else want to guess what game with a teen in it that I'm going to want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Final Fantasy what 15. How about that? Be? Oh, right. <laughs> that one. Oh, oh that little yeah. game. That little game. The elephant yeah. in the living room. Game. You were wondering right. when I was going to bring that up. Um, and I admit it, you're surpri- you are surprised <laughs> that it was not my game of the year. You're surprised. No, I'm not. I'm not. You're because not? you've right. been... She totally called it that it was going to be Overwatch, and I seconded it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I've only been on one other episode so far this year. So (laughs) she knew it because she edited my submission to the web to Pixelkin, saying that Overwatch (laughs) was my game of the year. So that's almost cheating. With that said, Regina gets credit for predicting it. Um, All right, (laughs) Nicole knew Final Fantasy 15 is really, really good. It's better than a lot of people give it credit for. It's not going to be the best Final Fantasy game ever made. I said that right in the beginning of my review. Or somewhere in there. I wrote and rewrote that thing 15 times. But um, somewhere in there I say it. It's not going to be the best Final Fantasy game ever made. And it shouldn't be. I don't think it was trying to be that. But it is an excellent entry to the series. If you've looked at Final Fantasy back in history. Which by the way starting this coming year is 30 years long. How about all of us feeling old? <laughs> um, you, um, If you've been looking for a time to maybe hop in and say, maybe I'm going to give this game a try, I think this is the time. It is just, it has all the patented absurdity that is Final Fantasy, because the reality is that game is super absurd, but what it does is it takes all the grand epic storytelling and condenses it into a small story about a guy and his friends trying to save the world, and they make it more personal even though you know you're saving the world. I mean, the reality is you end every day camping with your boys. And um, that's special. Um, And part of that is because you're spending every day camping with your boys, not your bro team army dudes. You're talking with your best friends. And it. the number one reason I recommend it is because it is the healthiest representation of male friendship in the history of video games, possibly Mm. in cinema as well. It is Mm. like these guys are friends. They are supportive. Yeah, they give each other a little bit of shit because what guys don't. But... You know, these guys care about each other. They're not just like, hey, check that chick out. Let's shoot something. (laughs) No, none of that. It's all healthy representation. I cannot wait until my sons are old enough so they can play this game and enjoy it and understand what it is saying about male friendship. Hmm. I wish there was a female character in the game that didn't die and wore a shirt, but I can't have everything. (laughs) And wore a shirt. Now, if you yeah. just Google Cindy, and you'll see what I mean. My wife gets really mad at me when Cindy is on stage because we basically gave 
my son a sexual awakening because of her. And it's unfortunate, <laughs> but what are you going to do? It it's was, funny. It was going to be her or Black Widow. I mean, whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, it's funny, not that not that you exposed your son to things he wasn't ready for. But um, now I get to temper everything that you say about Final Fantasy XV with my husband's experience with playing it. And I'm sorry, Stephen, no, I did not sit with him while he played the first hour. But um, he's, I mean, he doesn't get super hyped about any games. He's kind of like the opposite of you, Stephen, like even if he really likes something. Um, but I, I asked him specifically before he started, we started recording, I'm like, well, what do you, what do you think of it? And he was like, you know, uh, he hates that you have to stop every night to camp. He said he feels like you're driving too long to get places everywhere. And, um, at least for a little bit, and this could have been because, um, he's been streaming it up to his PC to play from the Xbox. Um, when he first started playing it, I was in like the other room and all I could hear for the first half hour was him swearing about the controls. So um, I think that that is better uh, when he plays it down on, on our Xbox. But he said there's still something that annoys him about it. And it's, the other thing is... It's, it's not the controls. He needs to okay. get good. Um, oh. Oh. Um, you know what? He's with home with said, me if- today. <laughs> With that said, if he doesn't like it, he doesn't like I mean, I, I he's not required to like it. Yeah, I know. But he's like crazy Final Fantasy, you know, if, was crazy Final Fantasy yeah. fan. Um, he's the guy but, they made this game for. It might not yeah. have reached him, and I get that. Yeah. Um, it was funny, though, because before he started playing, you know, he'd seen images or whatever. He really didn't like at all what the characters um, looked like. And he's been do- he's been on this kick where he's asking Siri, like, everything. And so one of the things that he did, he was like, hey, Siri, why do the guys in Final Fantasy XV look so douchey? It's just like, really? Okay. What did she say? I, I don't remember. But speaking of Siri, this is totally off topic, but speaking of Siri, if you haven't asked Siri if it's Mario time yet, you totally have to do that because... She has a custom-made response for that. So go ask Siri what... Several. Se- several, several yeah. So go ask Siri if it's Mario time. And uh, you will... Do more than once yeah. for good measure. <laughs> <laughs> you will have fun. Um, okay, was that it, Stephen? Did you want to talk about anything else? Or can I jump to my other one? I think that I think that you could jump to your other thing. Um, okay. I think we should let Regina talk about two dots first. Because I'm really curious. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you really curious about, too? Just a game? Yeah, I mean, I see itself? they push the ads oh. to me like crazy, and it looks like a game that is not worth them pushing the ads to me. So, like, they obviously know they have something. Otherwise, they wouldn't invest in advertising. So, like, right. what in the what in the hell? <laughs> like, what is this thing? <laughs> well, uh, Two Dots was a little different. I guess Dots was the original one. Okay. And I didn't play Dots. Um, and Dots was just... Um, pattern recognition where you make you know you, you have a series of dots and you have to make boxes yeah. with the dots oh yeah i okay. played that one um, and yeah yeah and you have different um types of dots that eventually come so you'll have stones some that are in ice so you have to crack them and so you have to match them more than once sometimes you have to match dots around them to get them so you can access certain dots there's a whole bunch of different um sure uh strategies to the ba- same basic gameplay where you're, you know, making that dot. If you make a dot of, or a box of eight, 
you make a bomb in the middle of it, so and then you can use that bomb to blow up other ones, and you're trying to collect different colors or different types. So there's a lot of different strategies. What was fun about Two Dots was that it was uh, at least peripherally story-driven. So you had a map that you were working on and another character that you were working with, and they had weekly, I think it was weekly challenges, where they had specific maps you only had a couple of days to finish that had different and new challenges to play. Um, and it was, um, uh, you know, a Facebook game. So you had your Facebook friends on there. If you have any Facebook friends who play games, and I have like two, Nicole's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only other person I ever see on half the games I play. <laughs> um, but I was in pretty heavy competition with my friend Amy while we were playing Two Dots. So we were constantly racing each other to see who could get um, the medal first for the weekly ones because then you got ranked among like all the gamers who were playing it like what your ranking was so we were constantly racing each other however we both end up hitting a paywall to the point where it made it not fun to play anymore so yeah. we both kind of dropped it around the same time because it just became very apparent that you were going to need to buy bonuses in order to advance oh, so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we played it for a while. We played it for a while. I felt, you know, for a game that I didn't, I didn't spend any money on that game, so I felt pretty good about, you know, the amount of yeah. having having spent the time yeah. on it and the time I got out of it for something I didn't put any money yeah. in. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yep. All right, cool. So the the final game that I'm going to talk about, uh, which is kind of it was probably the second on my list. Um, most surprising. This game isn't surprising to me. It's surprising to me that it was our writer Eric Watson's game of the year. Because I totally <laughs> did not think that this would totally be his jam. But it's Stardew Valley, which is um, a little pixelated uh, RPG. It's like Harvest Moon Plus. You farm, you raise animals, you fish. But there's also mm -hmm. a cave where you go to fight monsters. And it is an insanely deep game that you could play basically forever. Um, it's it's really awesome. I've loved Harvest Moon forever, so I I really like it. So, uh, so yeah, Stardew Valley. Cool. Actually, it's a really good one. And then I wanted to shout out really quickly, not so much games that um, I play, but obviously Anna plays games. And so I want to give a shout out to the Toka Life series of games because they are absolutely amazing. I wrote um, a feature about them on Pixel Pen. It's up there now. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically, the Toka Life series. Toka Boca makes lots of games, but the Toka Life series is like a huge playset or dollhouse. You have all these characters, all these locations that you can do, and you can just do whatever you want with them. Like, and they have crazy little secrets hidden in them that, like, even I am like cool about because at one point I realized that um, if you combined two food items, you could actually make dishes so like if you combine spaghetti with tomatoes in that game you get a plate of spaghetti um which was pretty cool <laughs> and you can if you put fish and rice together you get sushi and all kinds of cool stuff like that but these games are awesome they've released three at least three if not four new entries in that series this year they're $2.99 a piece they are completely worth every dime you pay for them so there's no in-app purchases. Sometimes when, on the loading screen, you'll see an ad for something else, Tokoboka or Sego Mini, because they're sister companies. But these games are amazing. Um, if you have a three, four, five, six, maybe even seven-year-old, um, I totally recommend picking up those games because they are awesome. So, 
So those are our games. Steven, did you have anything else? No, but I think Regina did. Did you have another one? You said you had one of those. Oh, I just had one. Yeah, I had one for my daughter um, that was one of her first games that she's played. And it's not a it's not a game from this year. Um, it's from 2015. Um, but My Hungry Caterpillar, um, which okay. is a, an app version based on the book. So we, where you actually, like, she actually controls the caterpillar. Um, and what's been really fun about it is it's the first time she's sort of understood game mechanics. So you have a little bar you have to play with the caterpillar enough for the day and you have to feed him enough and you have to fill those two bars up and she's finally made the connection as to like that's how the game works and so it's the first time I've seen her you know understand the mechanics of a game so when the bars are filled up then you put him back to bed and he grows and grows and grows and eventually turns into a butterfly and uh, she just because every time she puts him to bed now it's is it going to be a butterfly next time (laughs) you know so that's cool really it's really That's adorable. Cool. So that would be my recommendation for her. And it's again, it's another. There's, um, I think the maker is Storytime. I think is the name of the the company that makes it. Um, and there's no. It's a just buy. Um, um, just buy it once, and you don't get. There's no in-app purchases or anything. But they do have skins that they put out for Christmas and one. Well, for the holidays and for fall. So they did like a special pumpkin patch for fall that you can feed. You know, pumpkins. You can go on the pumpkin patch and. Uh, play with the caterpillar in there and then they make it icy and snowy and they have a little lake that they turn into an ice skating rink for christmas so yeah it's pretty cute nicole is it yes nicole would it be acceptable if i throw a shout out to a board game released in 2016 oh yeah go for it so if we're talking about games of the year um i think that it is imperative that i throw a shout out to sushi go party which is okay. a game by Game Right. Nope, this is going to sound stupid. You're going to be like, man, Steve, <laughs> that is the stupidest sounding game I've ever said. Listen, let me tell you, it is a drafting game that is $20. Um, it was originally a drafting game that was just regular Sushi Go released by Game Right, which first off, look up the art, is the cutest little anthropomorphing sushi you have ever seen. It was like a $12 drafting game, you know, pe- pick a card, pass to the left, pick a card, pass to the right, whatever. You're building the best plate of sushi that's your goal, and you're earning points while you're playing. What's great about this game is there's literally zero reading involved. Um, it's not very complex, so it's playable by pretty much anyone that can understand game mechanics and counting. Um, I've seen four-year-olds play this game not super well, but I've seen them play it, um, and they can feel involved. And what's best about it is even if you're losing, you don't really know you're losing until the end sometimes, mm-hmm. unless you're really good at math. So... Little kids can just lose, but they're still playing and loving it. Um, they upgraded it to Sushi Go Party this year. I first encountered it at New York Toy Fair. Um, and the long and short of it is instead of a $12 game that comes in a little tin, it's now a $20 game that comes in a big tin. They added a bunch more cards, and the big deal is they give you a menu, and you can choose what items off the menu get added into the deck, which means every time you play, it's different. Um which is actually cooler than it sounds, because if you, you know, maybe there's a mechanic that you don't particularly like, get rid of it. There's a thing that confuses your playgroup, and every time it comes up, it's an argument or a fight, and people just, no one agrees. Guess what? You just don't use it, and it doesn't hurt the game, because you can find other replacements. So, Sushi Go, it's like 20 bucks on Amazon. If you have a board game group, and you, do, and you don't already own it, you should. Um... And shout out to Seafall, which is a legacy uh, game set in the Age of Sail, made by one Rob Davial, um, who's the the father of legacy games. 
Um, Seafall is really kind of neat. It's the first ever game designed to be a legacy game from the ground up. Just came out this fall. Um, it might be a little hard to get. It's like 60 bucks. Um, it's a little meaty, but man, is it good. That's it. Those are my two board game recommendations. Seafall and Sushi Go Party. Sushi Go Party is required reading. Everyone buy it now. Just go. <laughs> Just go. It's on Amazon. Just go buy it. Actually, I already pulled up Amazon to look for it's, it. <laughs> Regina, you you are a board game person. I know, I know I love this. It. You oh, yeah. should have this. Yes. <laughs> um, Nicole, I don't know if you are a board game person. I know we've. I don't know. I can't remember if we've been over this before, but so you may not be. You may not be required. But if yeah. you ever play board games, <laughs> it's probably not a bad idea. Don't you? Didn't you say you bought Pandemic earlier this year for no? Like just randomly? No, we have it. Yeah, oh. yeah, we have Pandemic. I think we've played it twice. I mean, well, you know, you guys this have idea other of stuff us, going on. Yeah, of us, me and my husband sitting down and actually playing a game together. You know, we don't have the time to do that very often. So I wanted to, like. That's a rough one to start with. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I loved it. We both loved if, it. If you wanted to start with a. Oh, go last Yeah, game. I mean, because yeah, it's it was you know, a not a very nice game. Right. Oh, well, that yeah. wasn't, sure. that wasn't like the problem. We Four just, ways you can lose and one way you win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That wasn't what we were concerned about. It was sort of the, you know, and the cooperative thing was good, too, so that, you know, there was no um, anger at the end of it. Um, <laughs> but, yes, we own Pandemic, but we typically don't get lots of board games. We might be doing that a little more as Anna gets older, um, but not right if now. If I might recommend for Anna, mm-hmm. um, have you seen, uh, if I may recommend Sneaky Snacky Squirrel for Anna? Oh, and, is that the one where you have to uh, pick hoop, up owl, the acorns hoop. and stuff? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I know it. I know what you're talking about. We also got. Um, I think we got it as a gift. We got this game called, I think it's Pengolo, where you've got these little penguins with little colored eggs underneath of them, and it's sort of like a memory type game where you have to remember where each game is. I think it's made by the same people that make that squirrel game. So um, possibly. Yeah. Sneaky Sacky Squirrel is freaking adorable. Um, <laughs> and it's good for, it's really good for early writers because it forces you to use basically the tweezers from Operation, but it's a right. giant plastic squirrel. Right, um, right. So for someone that is learning, has already knows their letters, because she obviously knows a lot of her letters and colors and yeah. stuff, the next thing for school readiness is um, fine motor. And so it's really right. good for fine motor. Um, right. You know, not to tell you how to parent or teach, but. Throwing yeah. it out there. No, no, no. It's also no, ridiculous because it's a big cardboard tree, <laughs> and it's cheap. It's yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, I mean, it's like twenty bucks. I mean, yeah, that's it's the like other thing. twelve bucks. Yeah, oh, yeah, we were, on Amazon? yeah, we it's were cheap. going. Yeah, twelve ninety nine. Uh, we were going to yeah. get um, Operation um, for Winter Solstice, but uh, they. So, I mean, we didn't want to get the crappy new version of Operation or the branded version. We were looking for the old original version, um, and Amazon had those as an exclusive, but they sold out. Like before, we had a chance to buy it. I was like, "Man!" But anyhow, she is getting some some fine motor stuff because she's all into perler beads now. And all if right. you're out there, yeah, <laughs> if you don't know what perler right. beads are, just Google it. I'm not going to go into this phenomenal craze type thing. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, um, so uh, so let's move into what we're playing. Uh, there's I'm only going to talk about one game this week, and that is. Hollow Grid Monster Battle. I finally got to take a look at this thing. Steven, you've heard of this. It's the one that's de- developed by Phil Tippett, 
who designed the monsters for Star Wars, yeah. and it's an AR game. Yeah. It's pretty freaking cool. I really like it. I mean, there's not a lot of not a lot of meat to it just yet because there's only one um, set of cards available for it. Um, but basically what it is, it's a turn-based strategy slash CCG that's done in AR. So when you're putting your team together, you stick a little card in front of your iPad's camera and the monster loads up and like looks like he's sitting on your table. And you do that with all of your stuff and then you have a card that represents the board and then that sits on whatever surface that that you've got out there. So um, and then after that, it's completely turn-based strategy. It is really cool. I think lots of people should check it out so that they make money and release more card packs. That's all I have to say. <laughs> What's it called? Um, Hollow Grid Monster Battle. Okay. Yeah, and then I, that. Uh, I thought so, it was sounded great, but yeah. they um, they just stopped talking to me. <laughs> well, it's awesome. You should go and buy. I mean, it's thirty five bucks, but you get the um, you get the packs of cards and. Um, uh, iPad stands, which isn't that much. Um, but um, and then the app to actually play the game um, is free, iOS and Android. So, um, but it's really cool. I really like it. I highly recommend it to people. Um, so that's the only one I'm going to talk about this week. Um, so Regina, what have you been playing? Uh, I well, I feel like a broken record, but I've been playing Plants vs Zombies Heroes because they're in um, a festivus, oh. festivus uh, 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 thing where um, they have these special cards that you can get, um, and I kind of have this mastery thing where I have to have everything, mm -hmm. even if I just have one. So right now I'm trying to get an overstuffed zombie. <laughs> okay. Um, who? Uh, Heals to full and gets two points extra health every time you kill a plant, or every time it destroys a plant. And <laughs> it, uh, the awesome. flavor text, yeah, the flavor yeah. text says his cholesterol level is off the charts, and yet he seems to be in remarkably good health. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. They're just ridiculous. Uh, one of the ones I got was actually my fa one of my favorite cards to play right now. It's a uh, a pear, pear bear. <laughs> oh, right. I saw that the other day when my daughter was playing the pear bear. Yeah. <laughs> so it starts out as a 1-1, one, one, um, and then when you destroy the 1-1, one, one, it becomes a 3-5. Um, so wherever you... So you That's essentially put butt. it out as a shield. <laughs> it is a big That's butt. A big and butt. it looks like a big butt, because it's got a pig... It's a big pear. <laughs> That's a big butt. Yeah. It is. It is. That's it's my C funny. that's so my I just CCG got, language start kicking in. I I hear three five and I'm like, that's a big butt. That's all right. Um, anyway. Uh, so I'm Steven. fixated on that right now. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, Steven, Man, so, how about you? I mean, I've been playing Rainbow Moon. Yeah, uh -huh. so I've been playing Rainbow <laughs> Moon and so I'm not gonna say it in the, the horrifically racist way that I guess is racist, but whatever. I'm not gonna do that. I was quoting uh, kind of funny. You can go tweet at them and yell at them. Uh, I was just quoting them, but um, it's a really good turn-based strategy game. It's really neat. Um, what the way they make you more powerful is they give you extra turns that you can take. Uh, they call them sub turns. Mm. So you start off, you can move one space and attack once, and eventually you can move two spaces and attack, uh, or attack twice, or move once and attack. You get the idea. Um, and that 
and the enemies don't necessarily get those powers. So that really does make it so that you are considerably more powerful than some of the weaker enemies, which I think is an interesting way of balancing it without just giving you number bloat. Um, and I... I mean, I, I love turn-based strategy games, so uh, it's it's scratching an itch that I did not expect. I bought it randomly, right? Because I was like, eh, it's $8. I've just bought this there. I just got this system. <laughs> you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll play it every once in a while, or it'll just sit on my hard drive forever, and maybe I'll play it when I'm sick one weekend, right? Um, and I just, you know, every night I just keep settling down to it. With that said... Street Fighter V is in my house, so I don't think I'm going to play anything else for a while. Um, I also picked up Tales of Zysteria. I'm kind of excited about that. Um, okay. But, so, been playing Rainbow Moon, been playing more Overwatch. Um, I strangely have not been playing World of Warcraft, um, but I've been feeling its call. Um, it's also, it's, it's a weird time for me because there's just so much to play, and I don't know what where to start, you know? Um mm. And um, and it's also, like, my attention is divided because it's holidays and all that, and also it's spoiler season for Magic the Gathering, almost, so mm-hmm. the new set's coming out, and that's taking my mind. It's a, it's a great time to be a gamer right now, just because there's so many cool games, and if you look right over the horizon, see what I did there? Uh-huh. It's just right over the horizon. <laughs> um, and so that's part of me, is just, I just, man, I'm just looking at, I looked at every game I have, and I'm like, you know what, I don't want to get started yeah. on this, because I get... Horizon Zero Dawn coming really soon, and I really want to play it. Yeah, I mean, actually, I, really I mean, you're right. Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> this is a January specifically is a great time to catch up on games that you've wanted to play but haven't been able to because there's not really any big releases coming in January. Horizon is the first big one, and that's coming mid February. So, um, so yeah, you can catch up on stuff that you haven't been able to play. Or try to write a novel, <laughs> like we're gonna try. Yeah, to welcome do. to welcome to us. Well, you guys are gonna write novels. <laughs> yep. You're gonna write a novel. I'm sure Regina is gonna continue writing her book project slash other book projects. I I have to write a book, so we're gonna do it. We, are we gonna Just keep? About, yeah. Are we gonna talk about it on the? We're gonna have to talk about it on the podcast so that so that our viewers, our re- listeners, can keep us motivated. Yes. And like That's verbally assault us if we fail to do our work. Right. Yes. Fail on our word count. Yes. Yes. I'm thinking we do at least we do at least a weekly check in on the on Facebook group yes. too. Just to, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Well, I think that wraps it up for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to gamingwiththemoms at gmail dot com. You can follow us on Twitter at gamingwithmoms, or you can tweet at me at nicole tanner. Regina comes from the Geek Embassy and is working on the forthcoming book, Mothering the Game. What else would you like to tell us, Regina? Uh, Right now on the Geek Embassy, I'm running a series called um, Good Words about how to write well. A video series with another author, Evan Graham, um, who is author of the forthcoming Tantalus Depths. If you're into science fiction, go and order his book as well. Um, and we are actually hosting uh, our monthly uh, Geek Embassy Hangout this Sunday um, on the 1st, so uh, New Year's Day Hangout, um, our Farewell and Good Riddance 2016 um, episode <laughs> will be coming out. So uh, we record that live and then make it a podcast episode so you can check us out um, on iTunes at the Geek Embassy as well. Cool. Steven is editor and founder of Engaged Family Gaming. Steven, 
Tell us about Engaged Family Gaming. Sure, Nicole. I'd be happy to do that. So, folks, <laughs> if you don't know uh, by now, I'll give you a rundown. Engaged Family Gaming is a website that is written by parents for parents where we give you the tools that you need to get your family game on. Here's some places that are important to kind of touch in on the stuff we do. First off, we have a website. It's engagefamilygaming.com. You can go there. We're a little bit of a hiatus for the holidays. Don't worry if you don't see a lot of content recently. It's fine. Everything's coming back in Sorry. January. <laughs> because because there's a lot of there's a lot of turkey to eat and there's a lot of family to visit and cookies to bake and then if you've ever seen me, cookies to eat. So, we're going to and video games to play, but don't worry, coming in January, we're coming in hot. So that's the first thing. Definitely check out the website, bookmark, subscribe, etc. Next, like us on Facebook because we do all sorts of cool stuff there. Join our community. That's engagefamilygaming.com slash community. We talk about stuff. It's great. You know, there's a lot of really involved parents there that want to give you advice and also ask questions. Um, and also, I do this thing called the EFG Show. That's Monday through Thursday. Um, also on a little bit of a hiatus, but just like the Facebook page. You'll like it. Monday through Thursday, I talk about all the relevant family video game news. I also have a podcast that goes live on Mondays. Engage a family gaming podcast. Do you get a theme that is about engage family gaming? Just search engage family gaming everywhere. You'll find me. Um, thank you, Nicole, for giving me my 20 minute platform to self promote. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, I guess that wraps it up. Thanks so much for listening and we will be back with you next week. Bye everybody.